0: What's up, dude? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Doing good. Um, for everyone that's tuning in, uh, this is American Ape. Uh, I'll let you introduce yourself and also give people a little bit of a quick rundown on who you are and what you've been up to. And then we'll just kind of dive into the conversation from there, if that sounds good. Yeah, sure. Uh... Right on
1: okay where to begin uh, so my name is ramon gove a lot of you know me uh from the web3 community as american ape and uh, i'm also the founder of a company called myth division so i've been building uh kind of a, a whole world of characters for many many years um, my background is in film television uh, video games i've worked in a couple different uh, industries at various levels and uh ended up coming to web3 in 2021 and diving in head first and really trying to crack the code on um, how to really utilize IP in creative ways using blockchain technology. So for the last, I guess, two plus years, almost almost three years, I guess we're pushing uh, pretty soon. Um, I've basically been experimenting in the Web3 space, um, kind of creating a new business model for um, entertainment brands who are creating characters um, that they want for longevity to turn into franchise material, whether that be, um, in video games or uh, film television that kind of stuff um, so that's kind of me in a, in a short blurb um, so we don't waste too much time
0: not yet but
1: yeah i have had some really cool opportunities to work with some amazing people in hollywood and so i've learned a lot and i'm trying to apply that to uh to what we're building in web3
0: okay so i think before before we dive into what you're doing in uh the more like the web three world i'm i'm curious like what what's some of the, what's some of the stuff that you you did prior to getting into the the web three tech um because i know you've done a lot before this
1: yeah it's uh it's definitely been yeah, like almost uh 14 years, I guess, of, uh, of working in the entertainment, entertainment industry. It uh, started off with, um, with live action. So I wanted to be a screenwriter and uh, quickly learned when moving back to Hollywood uh, that if you want to see your stuff get produced, you have to learn how to produce it yourself. So I uh, started my own production company and was working with a bunch of different people to produce short form content just to kind of learn the craft, cut our teeth, um, you know, spend a lot of time working with people who are also doing that and learning from them. Um, And so we did that for a few years, and then that led me to kind of like the perfect timing because digital marketing had just begun sort of during that time period. Like that was really the emergence of that. Um, YouTube gave out uh, about a million dollars to a bunch of different, you know, channels to start pumping out user-generated content. Mm -hmm. Um, This was like 2000, I want to say, when that first, maybe no, it was 2010, I don't even remember anymore. (laughs) <laughs> but um, when they first gave out that money, that was really a game changer because that signaled that there was a shift from the more centralized, um, you know, content machines to user-generated content. And then from there, it was a while before it was actually, you know, monetized truly. Um, besides those first you know um, grants essentially that were given out i don't know what the deal structure was i don't remember but um but that was a big deal and so i've kind of been able to kind of watch the growth of the internet and the evolution of um indie indie film indie uh television all of the different i mean there isn't really too much of an indie television um scene uh but there are people who shoot pilots consistently trying to get them picked up you know sure um, so anyway, there's there's just been an interesting kind of evolution of user generated content, and so I went from uh, from doing that to being able to produce content for some of those multi channel networks, uh, companies like uh, Machinima and other. Uh, you know small companies that had a little bit of money for short form branded content and so that's when i started transitioning into doing commercials for various companies Um, and that became sort of my bread and butter for a while after kind of learning production uh, as a whole but that got me away from my core love which was storytelling so i pivoted back into um into gaming i ended up working for scopely um doing some marketing for the the one of their games which was the, the walking dead road to survival um and so kind of being able to see the evolution of entertainment uh over the course of the 2000s to what we're seeing now um, gave me this like you know I don't know excitement and insight into what i think blockchain could be so all of it sort of led to to where we are now um but i ended up getting the chance to work with people like stan lee and um uh, creative director of call of duty and just a number of of just really awesome people who are super talented in the industry, both gaming, um, television, you know, comic books, I ended up uh, being able to uh, get a few book deals, I have had three of my books internationally distributed and published. Um, So I've kind of had the opportunity to dabble in a different form um, of entertainment, you know, many different forms of entertainment, really. Um, And that all kind of came together uh, over the last few years. So it's been pretty cool.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And that's like, It's cool. This is probably my favorite part about the show is that I get to get to hear about like all, all the different things that people did leading to this web three, um, stuff, which is still obviously very new and, and, and not, um, adopted all over the world quite yet. Um, but, um, it's cool to like, see like all the, all the puzzle pieces that come together to, to lead people into utilizing the, this new technology. What, uh, what did what do you think was kind of the um i don't know puzzle piece the the moment or the idea that that kind of spurred you to um Start looking into how you could use the some of this web 3 tech and, and and what was it was it nfts or or just the blockchain or or cryptocurrency or what what really like got your attention I guess and kind of made you think start thinking about what you could do differently
1: I think it was a combination of, of a few things um, I can't really pinpoint one moment that like propelled me into it It was like uh, I got into crypto pretty pretty early I guess. Um, I found out about bitcoin mining in like 2010 and i think i had a little um tower that i had built <laughs> that, nice uh, i was mining a little bit on and then i don't remember i was like a struggling you know artist at the time so i remember when my, when my girlfriend at the time was like you're always on the computer that's not making any money all this speculative nonsense shit." so uh so i don't even know what happened to that thing and then i rediscovered crypto like 2015, uh, 16, I want to say, um, with, the when I saw where Bitcoin was again, and then, uh, I saw Ethereum and Litecoin and Stellar Lumens, and there's a handful of other XRP I think was, was around at the time. Um, and I started to just kind of get interested in trade. And, uh, so I was already open to crypto when I found out about NFTs, both mm-hmm. uh, NFTs that kind of, uh, made me realize, um, how you can mix a few different things, or you can really just solve some problems that plague web two entertainment, traditional Hollywood, um, that I think uh, blockchain technology just provides a solution for if you can do it correctly and scale it and prove the model. And I think that's kind of where we all are right now is, even though it's a potentially true thing, um, no one's actually done it yet,
0: right? Right. On the sort of use case practical application of solving
1: a lot of these problems um but uh, but yeah, that's definitely what it was. I mean, I think uh minting or, and I didn't mint, but I bought my board ape like a, a week after they were they minted um but when that happened, that sort of uh put me on the trajectory towards uh utilizing the i p almost like it was a license um, mm-hmm. that it was almost like a licensing agreement uh in a way um because it' it essentially is you have the commercial rights because you own the ape so you're able to monetize that. And so I just figured I would utilize all the experience that I had from before uh, from all those different pieces of building a franchise. And then also, you know, the problems that come along with that, taking an IP and putting it in a game or splitting it off into a comic or what's the source material, all that kind of stuff and the management of those stories at that scale. Uh, I kind of saw the potential. So just dove in head first.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's sweet, and that uh, that was that's one thing that I, I remember I watched the mint happen of board apes and never ended up ever ever picking one up. and um, I, I remember though that a lot of people, that was something that caught their attention was that they could use the IP um, to monetize and, and do whatever they wanted with with it. and that that wasn't like something that I had thought about until then. And I think if I would have, if I, if I would have thought harder about it instead of just like hearing people talk about it and just like breeze or just like push it off and be like, oh, that's cool. Um, but what, (laughs) what would I do with it? Um, I think I maybe would have saw the potential of where, where things went, um, as we all know. Um, and, So I think like it's cool to see how your your background kind of really set you up to to realize like, oh, there's an actually like an opportunity to take this and and run with it and turn this IP into something, something more than just a a JPEG that that people could copy and paste or whatever. People were always
1: it was really tough at the time, right? Because no one knew what collections were going to be hits and were going to stick. Right. Mm -hmm. It was all such a new thing. and them being the first ones to actually consider giving out the ip um not not really the first but uh the most notable i guess you could say at the time once the hype had already built and there was like sub communities and you know they were there were people that were on clubhouse which i was one of those people um you know during the the mints for all these different projects yeah time between the spring of 2021 right there was like I was there for the Beeple drop. I was there for sure. all these different ones. Ferocious, like they all did their drops in Clubhouse, um, and you know that was like pre-crypto Twitter days, right? Right. Um, and uh, and so it was interesting, but no one knew for sure what was going to be a success and what wasn't. It was really when the whales would jump in, right? People like um, Pranksy or um, Dingling, right? When yeah. All those people, um, and then I know Jimmy Eat got you know got a bunch of them um those people were like hyping the heck out of it is really what was going on and yeah when i saw the amount of effort that was going into the building of the community i kind of said okay well this will probably have legs it might stick and since you have the ip it might be worth building you know in this community with other people And I can bring my skills to the table and hopefully other apes will jump in and want to be a part of the storytelling process. So that was sort of the gamble, I guess, uh, in some ways um, on that project for me, because that was, I think the most I had, uh, I guess it wasn't the most I had paid, but it was definitely like a thousand bucks at the time, 0.45 ETH. I was like, I had to think about it. So I had to to justify it from a business perspective, um, ultimately, and that's what I did, you know?
0: for sure yeah that's i i still in my mind i remember looking at a couple apes that were 0. 0.34 and I, that that number just sticks in my head and it was like it's like i just i couldn't talk myself into it at the time cuz it it, it would have been the it would have been the second nft i'd, I'd ever bought if i would have done it and i was just like i just i just i've never like I, I was like i don't really know what i would do with it i don't i don't understand why it would the price would continue to go up that much more because at the time like things Sliming. yeah
1: after that after like the point three floor or something like that it started just
0: yeah exactly and i just
1: kept buying them because i knew you had the ip rights so i was like yeah at the very least i'll be able to do something with each of these characters or, or flip them later right and once the floor got to like 5e i was like shit we need to get
0: more. <laughs> yeah, it's in, it's insane like looking back how fast it, it shot up cuz it, it quickly went from I don't know if I should spend this much on it to I don't think I have enough to spend on on, on these to get any now. So, yeah, but um but obviously you you made the right decision in the, in the long run it seems like and um did you did you end up like flipping some along the way to, to to take profits, I would hope. Yeah, I
1: had to, yeah. Uh, and it was really just to run the business ultimately. Um, I was running it all through business accounts, so I had to make sure that I could keep operations going of all the stuff that we were already doing, right? All the right, and um, and then building and delivering on the roadmap, which was huge. So making sure that all of that was taken care of, I mean, yeah, it was crazy. I was working like I don't know, 20 hour days sometimes, dude. It, yeah. Uh, pretty bananas. Uh, I, looking back on it, I'm like, I don't think I ever want to grind like that again. Yeah. Because uh, that shit takes a toll on you doing that for like a year, year and a half, right? Um, Seriously. So, so, yeah, but I definitely did, man. I was there for the GMs and the GNs for all the <laughs> People were like, when the fuck do you sleep? And I was like, I don't, motherfucker.
0: I? <laughs> I don't sleep right now. <laughs> exactly yeah
1: it was good you know and i learned a lot and i was able to apply a lot of um trial and error i think to to what vision i had for for what we were doing and uh and so it's pretty cool to just kind of see um how the other companies have evolved over the last two years in terms of delivery and expectation and all that you know
0: yeah what uh since you since we kind of segued into it a little bit what what are some of the the other companies that that you kind of spun up around all of this
1: um i mean i didn't spin up any companies really but um but it's really just ultimately the brands that we're playing with right sure yeah we launched um we launched waifu warriors we've launched american ape waifu warriors was our first uh pfp project and that was back um we actually minted uh open we opened our mint the same day that uh, oni force okay open which was i think august of 2021 um and so we we were like the some of the first two anime centric uh, projects. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but ours was more just focused on, uh, on female avatars. Cause there were uh, up until that point, well, to the point when we started creating the project, there were no uh, all female avatars. I had, my wife was asking me like, Hey, those uh, apes are cool, but uh, none of them are feminine enough for me. So, like, uh, can you make a collection for people like me? Yeah, like, yeah, sure. Um, so that's kind of like how that was born. Um, and so, uh, so yeah. So anyway, we just kind of launched a few different story worlds that all merge in the metaverse, and we've been kind of innovating with the tech to try and make uh, the storytelling elements and the uh, avatars um, more interoperable
0: nice and are are all the different uh brands or ips or whatever whatever we should call them um are they are they all in like the same universe so like the the wife of warriors and um i forget i'm forgetting what else you what else you said um
1: yeah no it's just american ape um no they're not i mean some of them will cross over uh and then there's obviously the uh nft native ones right there's stuff like american ape which is you know an adaptation and we're doing the anime for that um we're doing the ongoing comic book series for that right now um but uh that takes place in like a a metaverse nexus so there's ways for other brands and other story worlds to cross over Uh, but for the most part a a lot of our stories are just really independent and kind of sit on their own
0: okay gotcha that's i mean that's cool too i feel like there's In different
1: genres like you know i basically been building more of like a, a studio uh essentially right where we have a bunch of different projects that we work on different story worlds within different genres um yeah i've worked with a lot of different writers and artists um a lot of which have worked for from marvel and dc and blizzard and you know hbo warner brothers like we have kind of like a a loose group of people that we work with consistently that they go on and they'll do other projects and they'll come back and work for us. So it's like kind of like a family oriented studio, I guess you could say. Yeah,
0: no, that's, that's sweet. And American ape was the first of what, the like web three stuff that you started doing. Right. Okay. And how, how, how has that pro- progressed? Because I, I I know I know of the the AIP and you you working with uh, Apecoin. I don't know how that's going. I know that there was some some hurdles that you had to jump over. I remember seeing, but um, maybe we can get in get into that a little bit. But like where 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 have things progressed um, throughout the the birth of American Ape, I guess.
1: I mean, I will say that American Ape has been probably the most profitable uh, brand that I've launched. That's just ours, right? That I fully own and sort of created and you know hired everybody to, to pull off. Mm-hmm. That one has been mega successful, banking on the idea of it being a license and the community and um, how supportive all the other apes have been. I mean, we launched our first comic book um right around the same time we did our PFP which was summer of 2021 and uh and that one sold out in like 30 minutes. You know, Damn. that was you know that was awesome. There were uh we did the exact same amount of uh supply as the number on my ape so it's 5636.
0: And okay nice. Half
1: an hour they were all sold out and uh just kind of told me that there was a desire for content around all of this stuff like people want to see um, they're apes in this kind of format. They want to see stories about apes, right? For sure. So for that two-year run, you know, where before the bear really, really hit recently, um, it's been amazing just being able to expand that story with our different holders. People have bought into this. We've we've kind of released um, various utility collections around that. So we've opened up the opportunity to have real estate inside of our sandbox land, you know, that comes with the ability to be included in the comics. Like, I've been really trying to find ways of uh, innovating with royalties. So people basically get a character and they license it to us and then they'll get royalties um, when we make profit off of it, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how we've been able to build and grow and really stay alive over the last two years, Yeah, um, is just through those kinds of creative structures, um, and continuing to tell the story because people feel like they're getting value or utility if they can at least see an ongoing story and, um, you know, see their, their avatar in that story. Like yeah. not many projects are, are delivering anything close to that.
0: So. No, definitely not. I, I think that's, that's a super cool, uh, a- angle to take and, uh, and it's cool too that you're you're figuring out how to kind of like work in some sort of royalty system for people that are licensing their their ind- individual IPs and like it's such a such a cool like use case in my opinion for all these different JPEGs that are all like cartoony because like they're, they're already like lending themselves to being used in in stuff like what you're doing with comics and, and a- animated series and stuff like that. So like, it, it's cool to, to like kind of bridge the gap from like, what, what can I do with this? nft now that because like i feel like that's always that's always like the the debate that you hear from people that are anti nft is like well, what can you do with it you can't do anything with it it's just an expensive picture yeah yeah and yeah
1: that's the thing you know it's if you if you kind of just uh give into that mentality then it's very easy to kind of fall into that trader's mentality where it's nothing more than uh you know the value of a shit coin that happens to have a picture on it, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: that's the whole kind of problem, you know, argument around things like blur, right? Where, right. Uh, interface is sort of reduced to just like a, you know, mass trading platform of like a token that just happens to have a picture on it. Mm-hmm. I think that's one side of it. And then on the completely other side is where you have this, right? Where, you know, you can build an entire character. Um, off of one, uh, you know, ERC 721 that you own the commercial rights to, and, you know, you're able to monetize that, right, and actually make profit uh, in the long run, if you are, if you understand these things about traditional entertainment and media, and, you know, there's, it's already happening, right? We're seeing uh, apes and, and penguins and Walmart. Yeah, and, yeah. And these are huge. Uh, milestones that are kind of glossed over a little bit like i don't see forbes writing about pudgy penguins being in walmart right not gonna... no <laughs> um but it's true and nonetheless that's that's how you spill into the, the consciousness right so being able to watch these brands um you know break through the noise and be able to strategically do that first um all the rest of us will be able to learn from that and you know in our respective fields and areas, be able to break through some of the noise, uh, that everyone faces. Right. So it's a really interesting time, man. It's, it's cool to see, but, uh, it's a builder's period, but yeah,
0: you know, definitely
1: how we worked out, um, American ape. It's been an experiment, but it's been our massively successful one. Cause we've spun a whole universe out of that. It's not just the American ape character now, or, you know, I've got other people with their assets, you know, making huge recurring roles in the series. And, um, you know, we're adapting that to an animated series now. So there's, that's, that's like you said, um, in partnership with the ApeCoin DAO. So they helped finance the pilot. Um, so we've been working on that for probably four to six weeks, I think at this point, mm-hmm. it goes so fast. It's probably, right. um, it's probably much shorter, but, um, But anyway, no, we, we've been, uh, working on the story and development process and getting the characters down, starting a little bit of work on the character designs. And, uh, it's been fun, man. It's been really fun, but I'm excited to actually put out a a finished product, um, in about a year, year and a half,
0: year, year and a half, (laughs) that'll, that'll, that'll be exciting to see. Um, what was, what was the, well, I'm going to get back to that first. I'm. I want people to know as we're talking about this what where could they they go to look into um what you've been doing with with american ape and and all and all of your stuff and like how many comics are out there right now i know that there's at least a handful um, how, like what, how can people kind of check out all this different stuff that you got going on?
1: It's, it's kind of crazy. Um, and it's actually something that I'm working on too, is, is creating one hub for people to find my stuff. Cause it's every, like, it's kind of just out there. Yeah. Um, so my first comic book series, um, which you can probably find in back issue sections of some comic book shops, right? If you're just like a regular person or you're, you want to go on Amazon and you want to read something created by me um incidentals was the was this superhero series that i ended up selling to Lion Forge comics and so that got 20 issues and i got to write with um with brandon easton uh who he's most well known for being a writer of like overwatch 2 and um, he's done a bunch of stuff man transformers and uh batman he's written for like super talented dude he wrote um for marvel's uh, agent carter um and so anyway i've gotten to work with just all these legendary people joe casey if you know comics um ended up working on the first uh i want to say 10 issues or so um so just kind of got to work with them that was my first comic book series and then uh and everything else right now is kind of gated to be honest um a lot of my work we haven't released yet because i wanted to create a library first so we have got about six different comic book titles that are finished um, some of them have been distributed in limited quantities before uh, but for the most part you can't really find um, my stuff out yet but that's what we're getting ready for uh, later this year and early next year is a big launch where um, we have digital we're going to have physical strategy we'll be able to come Um, you know, buy all of our books on our website. We're revamping everything, man. It's going to be cool. Nice. Some games coming out, which I know, you know, a little bit about. Um, So we're starting to kind of bring it all together into a cohesive campaign so we can do like a really big launch. It's going to be fun.
0: I think it's going to be a wild launch because it it sounds like you have all of the different pieces that kind of will make it pretty uh, interactive and engaging for people to kind of play through slash read through slash watch through um as as things go so i'm excited to to see it see it all roll out uh do you do you have like a a a general timeline in in mind for people or is that kind of to be determined still
1: yeah, no, we're working on finalizing when the exact date's going to be, but we're looking at something before the holidays because we're rolling out um, some merch as well and just a bunch of other nice. stuff. Nice. Like making some shirts and some hoodies and stuff that we want people to have time to get it before Christmas. So I'm really rushing um, to have stuff ready uh, really by early November for people to order cool. whatever it is that they want, but um, it's all going to be tied into the gaming experience and what we're doing with the comics and it'll all be kind of easter egg tied together so um we have the ingredients and now it's a matter of uh executing the recipe itself right making sure that it all comes together so yeah hard part isn't even here yet
0: totally dude and
1: just really making the assets and uh making sure we have what we
0: need yeah and you 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 said that you you haven't or you've tried to get away from or don't want to go back to working those 20-hour days but it sounds like you have so much stuff on your plate right now i don't understand how you can get it all done without doing those 20-hour days it's crazy
1: and um i've learned how to like play with my schedule a lot better so you know just kind of have to evolve and uh just get shit done man yeah
0: is i would say being able to delegate and kind of just release all of the control and have have things get done while you're not working. It's tough. That's such a that's such a tough thing to to overcome. I, I struggle with it all the time too. Uh, I just want to be able to control everything, but you don't have to if you if you got the right people in the right spots. You know,
1: man. The key is making sure you have the right people who uh, don't you know drop the ball and just completely forget about something. Yeah, To be remembered. That's the hardest part.
0: Yeah, for, for sure. But yeah, no,
1: everything's moving along. You know, this fall is going to be pretty big. That's when we hope to kick off at least the first game, um, and then we've got the uh, equipable avatars. So people who own our uh, our avatars will be able to, you know, ch- add weapons, uh, change out gear, drink potions, and change traits. It's going to be cool, and the metadata will actually update on your NFT. So
0: nice. It's going to
1: be pretty cool to see uh, the collection start to evolve and change. Based on what everybody's doing through a website.
0: Seriously, what uh, if people are interested and in, think this sounds cool, as I think it sounds cool? What, um, what like assets or or stuff, uh, NFTs or whatever? Um, would they would they kind of want to be eyeing up if they're thinking about maybe wanting to to be ready for when all of this starts starts to happen? <laughs>
1: Uh, probably, I mean, we're going to be doing some, um, some free claims coming up soon. So the, the waifu warriors are going to get their allies, which are these like savage beast characters. And they're going to be these PFPs that you can load up. Cause what we're ultimately working towards is, uh, games where you can use these assets, right? Um, I won't, I I can't give away yet uh, exactly what we're cooking. Um, you, you know, some stuff, but, um, we basically are, are working out, um, weapons drops so everybody's going to get a, a free weapon everyone's going to get a free um ally everyone's going to get um uh a po- i think we're going to do one more potion drop okay um and so that's probably the most bang for your buck in terms of like what the floor looks like on the wife warriors and what the drops are going to be and what are the, the claims are going to be
0: uh-huh.
1: um and then there's also Midnight's Passage, which is going to tie into all of our gaming. So it's starting off in Orangarok, which is the same city that American Ape takes place in. It's this whole, um, you know, sort of world. And uh, and so the game starts there. And It's a burn to play game that we're doing on Manifold. So you start off with a ticket and you burn your way and, and trade your way to different assets. But it's tough because a lot of people are very diamond handed with those assets. Yeah. If you were to go to check it out on Secondary, right now i think there's only like three or four things for sale out of the collection of 40s so um it's pretty it's yeah people are diamond-handed for
0: sure it's yeah amazing. that's like i mean that's a good sign though from from somebody that that is on the outside looking in is like if it if it's tough to get entry into it that means people are enjoying it and looking forward to what's to come so um i don't know maybe if you're if you're trying to get it maybe you got to make some friends with people that already have that stuff and
1: put some wheat offers in I
0: think yeah. or yeah, throw some that have
1: like duplicates. And I know they're, they're, you know, the floor is not too high right now. So I'm sure you could get something, but all those assets are going to be usable in game. You know, it's the sandbox experience and then, uh, in unreal engine too. So we're going to be, uh, Incorporating all of that stuff and anything we make as like a special item, we're working on making sure that it's interoperable for all of our experiences, and that you can um, equip it on your PFP too if you
0: want. Heck yeah, I, lo- I love to hear that. Inter- interoperability is one of one of those buzzwords that uh, that I'm really really big on. I know it, it gets thrown around and sometimes it gets used and not correct, correct ways. And, but, um, but it sounds like you're, you're going in the direction that I love to see people go. And, and, and I think it's important because like, that's at the end of the day, whenever I think of the metaverse and and what web three is kind trying to solve for interoperability is probably the most important part of that is allowing you to take your Digital assets and bring them with you,
1: right? And use it wherever you want. Yeah, the ultimate idea, right? And yeah, so that's that's the whole philosophy. We're starting with the worlds that we're building, and then. You know, i'm also working on more traditional web 2 deals right like the animated series and you know i'm working on a deal for another movie for a different ip that we haven't even launched yet <laughs> that we'll probably do you know just a few hundred or you know less than two thousand pfps for and do the same thing we're gonna license them out let give them the ability to be featured in the movie in the comic books because we've already got seven of those books done that we haven't released at all like no one's seen them so there's all kinds of cool shit that we're planning on doing in the near future just to kind of expand but um but it's all just fun man interoperability is like such a fun concept to play with yeah you have the right people that know how to pull it off that's the
0: key i was gonna say that is, that is the key is that because it, it is complex there's a reason why things aren't very interoperable right now and that's because it, it takes a lot of a lot of finagling and, and knowing. And planning, I think planning is probably pretty important i it's like but it's also hard to plan for because you don't know what is the future is actually going to be, but um that's that's when you kind of have to pivot and be ready to pivot and and figure it out whenever you get there. but as long as like that's the goal, I think that's the most important part um I wanna circle back to the I know you, you went through, so I know some people that listen to this show have at least started to, to get acquainted with ApeCoin DAO and um, their AIP process and all of that. Um, just curious, like how, how has that been going? How did that go? Um, I know it, it took some marketing effort or whatever, or campaigning effort on your part to, to get over, get over the hump and, and get that approved, but you did it. And I thought that was, that was awesome to see what, what what was that whole experience like for you?
1: That was, uh, that was not easy. Yeah. <laughs> um, even after the, you know, the approval of the overwhelming support that we got from the community, which just was, um, truly amazing. It, it shocked me. I was very surprised. Um, but it's just nice to know that there are uh, quite a few people in the community that do see the, the hard work that some of us have been putting in since the early days. Uh-huh. So that was really cool. That was, that was very validating and it validated kind of what I've been working towards building because the whole, um, like I said, the whole, I guess, North Star for what I've been trying to build with, you know, what Myth Division is, you know, whatever it, you want to call it, right, this entertainment company. Um, and the structure that's built in Web3 and blockchain um, was really just to kind of open up the possibility for people who don't know anything about that process, right? Of Hollywood, of licensing, of, um, you know, building up a character and trying to get a brand deal or a merch deal, right? Um, most of the time, anyone who has those kinds of aspirations ends up having to give into the the structure system that already exists, right? Uh-huh. Um, And that means getting an agent or a manager or, you know, working with a producer and just kind of having to go along for a ride and then hoping that you get a small percentage, less than 5% usually, right. For your own creation. (laughs) Right. Um, And so I think ultimately that's just been kind of like what has kept me in this space is uh, knowing that that's a possibility and that what we can create kind of ripples out. And so um, I think that's, that's really I don't know if that answers your question or not. Maybe Yeah. It's going to digress a little bit,
0: but That's all right. I I think I, I don't know if you <laughs> I don't know if you totally answered it either, but but I I think what what you did say uh, made a lot of sense and it's important to point out and I feel like one thing that that you touched on there is and I have this question and I'm sure other people that probably also have this question is how do you know one if your NFT that you, that you own, if you could use those, the, the picture or whatever, um, as like an IP, like, how, that's like the initial question, like, how do you know, like, if, if it is, um, I, like I said, I, I have no idea. So like, what, what, do, that magic hit <laughs> well, well, I, I guess like that, and then also like, how, what, what do you look for in NFT collections, projects, whatever that that are offering? Like, how do you know that you can license that, that, like, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't, I don't know enough about it to ask a good question, but I think you got it now. (laughs) I'll
1: I'll finish the last question because I remember you were asking more so specifically about the AIP and how difficult that was. Um, So my point was initially, like, I wanted to create um, the ability for people who, can't do things a traditional way to be able to do them right um providing a platform for that and so ultimately by going through the dow that kind of was a way of um i mean it's a grant right so mm-hmm. it's an incredible amount of belief um that the community has in this project in a market that everyone knows is not fun to be in because you know, I think for the most part, people in the space want their coin to be worth more money. And that's generally what drives people's decisions. Right. So this um, particular AIP was so contentious because of the budget that I was asking for, but it was because of the nature of the project, right? You can't do an animated pilot for $50,000. I mean, you can, but it's probably not going to be very good unless the style or design somehow is, you know, meant to be that within that budget, right? Right. Um, And that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to execute a vision. So I think, you know, going through that process and then having to have conversations with um, just people all around the world to let them poke holes in the agreement i mean we were voted down at first for the first few days and then it turned around after i had a few conversations um with some very particular people who just had tough questions and all they wanted was their questions answered so that process i think was um more challenging than i had thought because i had literally just come out of surgery i mean that's why i have the eye patch yeah yeah an injury that i've been recovering from um but essentially what that means is you know had to kind of put myself in their shoes and understand what their concerns were about um, the, the Dow and what we're utilizing the funds for and all that, right, and how to stay accountable, all those different things. And so um, I had to answer all those questions and I felt good about it because I know what I'm doing. I've done this before. And like, this is my wheelhouse. So I have no, you know, I was able to be tra- as transparent as possible. And so a lot of people flipped their um, their votes, which is what ultimately won the, um, the AIP. Um, and then after that, there's a process of negotiation with the foundation itself um, on the terms of the agreement. So mm-hmm. we, had, we probably spent a, a few weeks, probably three weeks or so, um, going back and forth on the different terms to make sure that, you know, we were protected in the case that we pitch and sell this pilot. We want to make sure that the networker studio doesn't, um, you know. See something and go, hey, well, we can't do a deal with you if this can leak or whatever, right? So there's all kinds of different things we had to go through, um, which made it a process. And then um, they finally will approve, and then you get the funding. But then the uh, the price of ApeCoin could drop.
0: Yeah, right. It could go up.
1: You could drop, right, when you get your um, your uh, grant money, and so it did for us. It dropped, so we kind of had to take a haircut already on the um, budget a little bit, but. Um, you know good thing i know what i'm doing and we've budgeted before and you know you kind of have to know how to fit your project into several different sort of funding zones um just in case uh so all we do is we tailor the script a little bit you know we make up for that um uh, budget in the writing you know okay um, one that's one less explosion or one less uh, yeah you know uh, insane punch right so that's kind of how you have to think about it as a producer um so anyway, so that's that's where we are with the process. It's definitely not been easy, but um, I didn't, you know, making films, making animation, making live action stuff is not easy anyways. So right. It's no different than kind of going through the processes that you have to go through um, when getting any big project done. And so thankfully we got approved and the rest uh, will be history soon when we're able to present the final, you know, 20 to 22-minute pilot. Um, we're still working out if it's going to be, you know, what the actual – time is going to be um but we want to make sure it's in that range so that it has the most appeal for different networks
0: yeah that's legit do you and then let me oh so let me oh yeah go for it second question right yeah
1: how do you know uh if your nft or your character is is worth licensing i mean it's really just like there's a lot to it but i think if you're just looking for basics um you have to think of uh uniqueness and aesthetic Those are like the two, I'd say, most important things. Because if you have a really unique looking character in a collection of 10,000, then you're avoiding a lot of potential legal problems later. Because if someone looks exactly like you and they're telling their own stories, then you may have a conflict, right? Mm -hmm. So that's going to help you avoid problems like that. And then there's also um, like the aesthetic of it. You know, there's got to be a story around why your character is your character. Um, not every concept design of your favorite characters goes through, right? There's a lot of different designs of the bat suit or Superman's outfit, and you know, fans and critics all. We all have our opinions when they come out with a new design for a new suit, right? Iron Man has seen how many Mark, Howell. right? So um, you just have to kind of think of it that way: is does it look cool? Is there are there stories I could tell about this character? um or is the character all over the place and there's like too much going on like it's a lot harder to tell a story about um you know a vampire jester with a viking costume than it is to tell a story about you know i don't know something with with, like two specific qualities right Mm -hmm. so you want to try and keep it simple keep it aesthetically pleasing and then kind of uh figure out if there's a story uh you know around your unique character those are like probably the three tips i'd give if
0: sure and then and then as far as uh would it it be called licensing what do you what do you have to look for um as far as that uh
1: really right um a lot of it is limitations because if i for example i'm trying to build out something that i want to see on um i don't know amazon or netflix or hulu or apple or something right as an animated series um then i need to make sure that uh someone who's involved isn't gonna say oh by the way if this makes more than you know twenty thousand dollars then that's a problem and i gotta get permission from so and so and then they gotta sign this and that you know what i mean like Uh introduces more um restrictions more more problems so keeping things as like clear and simple as possible um or at least just very transparent right those are the things that are key, which is why projects like, you know, Board API Club make the most sense because it's just a very clear, uh, clearly laid out commercial license. So there's no restrictions on that. They're not, you know, as long as you don't use their uh, skull in your own stuff, mm-hmm. they have no problem with you using your, you know, the likeness of your NFT. So that's really what you want to look for. And then when I'm specifically opening the door to a project it's more so the project reputation the founder's reputation right because you have to be careful with social engineering these days yeah even projects that have been around for a year you know that doesn't necessarily mean that you want to be you know associating with those project founders or whatever they may turn out to be ruggers or have multiple projects that they didn't tell people about all that kind of shit so we're always looking for you know, pretty straightforward projects that have legs, longevity, that have active builders that have never rugged before, that kind of stuff.
0: Totally. Yeah, that, I mean, that all makes sense. What, um, CCO, C- now we're like getting into the weeds, but like, what what's the difference like the, the like terms that are out there? Like, cause I, I see CCO, which is something, I don't know, you probably know, um, creative, creative common or stuff. <laughs> Okay so I so I know that one um and then like like what what is the board ape licensing like what
1: w- it's a commercial license
0: right so okay. you
1: don't actually own the ape but you own the commercial license to exploit that ape image right um if you have something that's cco that means anybody can exploit that image right so if i make um you know if i have, I have a moonbird right if i decide to make that moonbird famous, and, you know, say, I somehow managed to get a show about it. And there's a cartoon about it. Because it's CCO, anybody and their mom can start making t shirts and make money off of it or okay. pump out merch, however they want, right? They can make a video game about it, they could do whatever they want. Um, but uh, if I own the rights, or I own the sole commercial license, I'm the only one that can make money off of that specific image.
0: Okay, yeah,
1: that's the main the main difference. And there are other licenses, right? This is very common for photography um, when people are looking for images to use, even in edits or, you know, user generated content. Right. You have to look at the license. There's commons. There's uh, an open license. Right. Which is free for anybody to use and uh, reuse and manipulate and change. Right. There's all kinds of different you know levels. And just like in photography, the commercial license is the ability to. Uh, make money off of that and not have to pay the originator of the art.
0: Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I think I'm following. And that kind of clears things up because in my head, because I I always wondered, but now it makes sense that CCO then means anyone could go on and and do something. So if, for example, your, your ape was CCO and not what it is, then once you make it famous, then everyone else could go and, Re- remake money their own ways off of it okay
1: and I, I can i have no legal recourse at that point because i I agreed that they could do that
0: you know uh-huh Interest. Right? yeah yeah and so
1: actually there's laws uh, copyright laws in america so after a certain amount of time uh, i don't even remember how long it is maybe 75 years i could be way off so it's probably wrong but um, certain things that have been copyrighted if you don't um, renew them, they just automatically become, you know, CCO publicly
0: available to you. Okay. Okay. What, a! this is kind of a segue back to, we were talking about this way long time ago and I made a note of it and I want to make sure I bring it up. Um, we were talking about like solutions that web three brings to like media, uh, in general. And like, what are, what are some of, the like main reasons that y- that you think more people should consider um y- utilizing some of the, the web3 tech to to bridge the gap into this media area i guess
1: i think my bullishness on it has more to do with transparency than anything else okay um mostly in terms of royalties and also the ability, um, through code to simplify things that normally a person would have to do or execute, right? Uh custodial um, relationships as well, right? Uh, A lot of it has to do with all of those things. Um, And so the ability to be able to do an agreement, have a license agreement, um, know that those payments are on the blockchain, that they can be tracked, all that kind of stuff, right? that's going to help an artist feel much more uh, secure or safe in doing a deal or a transaction um, because they know that it's going to be, you know, publicly available and sure. accounted for no matter what. So when you look at, for example, um, say I have a streaming network and I have deals with 20 different creators, and you know, you have a show about your PFP, they have a show about their PFP. You know, I've got. 20 people that we have different deals with. Um, if I'm not able to make those, you know, payments, uh, if, I, if I don't have to make all the, the money or, or that I'm making transparent, right? Then all of a sudden there's the ability to sort of hide and shift around how much I have to pay you out, mm-hmm. or licensing, you know, or selling your stuff, whatever deal it is, usually it's licensing, right, um, to me as a platform. Right. So basically, it just is going to help with people being able to make sure that they're paid and not, you know, ripped off by a streaming network or a studio or whatever. That's what they were, you know, just um, striking about WGA, SAG, like uh, some of it has to do with that as well.
0: Okay. These these
1: hidden, um, there's no metrics, right? They don't have to, Netflix doesn't have to reveal their metrics of how many viewers or how many clicks or any of that stuff. So it's hard for anybody to sort of keep them accountable for how much they owe the actors of this show or, you know, whoever is owed money for specific.
0: Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Like that's something that I've never thought about. And like, but when you kind of explain it like that, like that, that is interesting. Cause yeah. Like how, how do you hold them accountable? How do you make sure that they actually are paying what they're supposed to be? Uh, interesting what whenever whenever all the, the striking and stuff was was going on is it still going on I guess I don't even know
1: uh they the writers just wrapped uh, so I think they've uh, achieved some terms that are agreeable so the strike is supposed to end I think 1201 either this morning or tonight okay um, but this but sag is still striking so I think they're still trying to come up with terms that are um, gonna work for them
0: Gotcha. have you ha- have you seen or heard anyone talking about like how having things on the blockchain could make, make things more transparent? Like, is that something that it, at all is being brought up or is it still kind of the
1: fringe? I mean, a lot of yeah. people sort of understand it, but uh, a majority of people don't understand except for what they see on the news, just like everybody else. Right. Um, Or from, you know, two or more friends, right? Possibly who are into crypto or, you know, and it could be at various levels, but when you think about it, you know, there's still only what, less than a hundred thousand people in the space and NFTs and, right. and that innovating and building. Right. So it's not that many people, uh, but there are sub communities and I think it'll get there. We'll see. Um, it's going to be an evolution for sure. It's going to take some time, but we're still pretty early.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Like I always have to remind myself how early we really are because like, cause like all the stuff that I hear about and talk about with people, it all like makes sense and it clicks in my brain and then, and then, but then when you take a step back, it's like, uh, but nobody else really has any idea. Yeah. 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 It either goes over their head or they already have a bad impression and that's all they know, so they immediately get turned off by you bringing it up or, you know. Like,
1: uh, my uh, AC guys were here fixing my AC and he saw like some of my canvas art with my apes and he was like, so you uh, really like monkeys, huh? Like, yeah. <laughs> like no. Nah, do you know what an NFT is? And he was like, uh, who? I was like, an NFT? And he was like, no, what's that? And I was like, just a di- this just digital art. He was like, "Oh, okay." You know, he had no idea.
0: Yeah, like at at that point, if they if they really don't recognize the word NFT, then it's like, uh, ah, just to nah, forget about it. Forget I said anything. Like, we'll, you'll figure it out later. Like,
1: <laughs> what matters to you? You'll you'll you'll
0: figure it out. Yeah. What do you What do you think? Like, since we're on this topic, what do you, what do you think are some of the some of the things that could be happening right now to help kind of bridge the gap for people that are outside of this space to start understanding or like seeing um, how it could benefit them in in their day-to-day lives. Like, I I feel like that's just such an interesting thing to always talk about. And I feel like everyone, yeah, it is tough.
1: (laughs) Because people need to see the practical use cases. And I think I really don't think it's going to come until larger companies or smaller companies at first um start implementing the tech without really explaining it to people Mm -hmm. telling people okay this is a wallet and all this stuff like it may begin and education is going to be a part of it but i think for the most part mass adoption is only going to really happen when people are not thinking about putting in a seed phrase and keeping their wallet protected and not clicking on links like i think we're going to have to go through a a period of um centralized uh custodianship mm-hmm. part of whatever platform it is um a- until one of those platforms blows up and all of a sudden everybody's using a wallet like an amazon wallet or whatever right to collect keys. even though it's not your keys not your coins um i don't think we're gonna get to the point where we're zero to seven billion you know believing you know yeah your coins it's probably only ever going to be a small percentage that, uh, lives by that, you know, Mm -hmm. and mostly the early people or the people who just get it and understand, you know, the dangers of centralization. But I think for stuff like entertainment and different things like that, it'll, it'll be a period of time before we're ever switching over.
0: Yeah. I, I, I definitely resonate with that. I feel like, I feel like, like you're saying, it, it really needs to get to the point where it's so easy for anyone to use and there's a reason for them to to use it and i think we're still pretty far off from from that being being the case like obviously we we're here we get it we we see why you would want to want to be going in this direction but still like everyday life there's no real reason why you would need to figure it out so the 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 learning curve the hurdle that you have to get over right now to figure it out is too large for somebody that doesn't really have any real reason why they would need to, to be using it to figure out. So yeah, I think that's, it's probably, it's probably going to take, like you said, like a, a platform, um, that blows up or that has like a super easy way for people to use it. And also like some reason why people actually want to use it. That's, that's what I That's what like the use cases are. What kind of I struggle with coming up with sometimes is like I I know like I've seen all kinds of cool use use cases, but then it's all it it always seems to get trumped by. But you could just use this that's already popular and being used by everybody. We're
1: so early, right? We're so early. No one's really figured out that pervasive answer yet. Gaming probably is one of the first. Yeah, we'll crack it, and then it'll start to spill over into you know, medicine, health, all kinds of other things. Um, but there's got to be one, you know, use case first. I mean, look how much video games has impacted just technology in general. Mm-hmm. It's made um, surgeries, you know, right? crazy, right? Being able to do VR for surgery like that, like came from gaming that concept.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it, it is crazy how much, like, yeah, I remember, I remember growing up and, Parents and everyone saying how how bad gaming is for kids and this and that and it's like but it really has like led to a lot of innovative um, advancements in technology, and I, I I think like you're saying it it probably will be if not the it'll be one of the catalysts to kind of propelling this into the mainstream, uh, just because there's there's always there's already obvious use cases for it. I mean I just just came across not just, I don't remember when this happened, like a week or so ago when, um, uh, Warzone one shut down and everyone lost their, lost all their, their skins, which was like more than like a billion, more than like a billion dollars worth of, of digital assets that people can't use anymore and have to go buy new ones and war zone two. And it's just like, just like simple things like that, that, that could be solved for, but just aren't we just aren't there yet and it is it is what it is we're, we're still learning and, and hopefully hopefully things like that spark conversations where people then kind of open their eyes to oh maybe maybe there is other ways that we can approach this and um i don't know you never you never know though um it, it could take way longer than than i think but um i don't know it's it's been been a journey through just the the gaming world which is where i i spend most of my focus and it's still there's so much pushback on on any kind of blockchain technology from the the majority of the gaming gaming world so i don't know what uh what what kind of game stuff are you guys planning i know i know you guys got a a couple different gaming stuff uh, in development um can you tease any any kind of stuff that's coming up with with the gaming side of everything you're doing
1: yeah i mean we've got our sandbox stuff coming up first i mean we are trying this uh sort of play on the open edition burn to play rpg first um and that's been fun creating these different items and then um we're jumping right into uh sandbox with that so we have a couple different sandbox gaming experiences we're going to roll out over the next probably six months six to eight months and then uh and then hopefully from there shortly after uh depends on the pace at which uh, some of these platforms move. Yeah, we'll have an experience in Unreal Engine. So we've got something cooking for Fortnite. And we've got something um, for the other side, uh, depending on when the uh, the ODK drops.
0: Yeah, I, I, I've been saying that for a while. And I can't I can't wait for it for the drop. But man, it feels like it just keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. But that tends to be and I I'm not familiar. I've never been involved with any kind of like gaming technology until now. So like, I don't, I don't know how long development of things takes, but it seems like it takes longer than most of us have ever been expecting because it was, it's the same, it's been the same scenario with the sandbox, for example, like we're just finally getting to the point with the sandbox where people can publish whatever games they're building onto their land. And it seemed like it took, I don't know if it did, but it seemed like it took like three years of them saying, oh, uh, it'll be in the, in sometime this year, this is going to happen. And then a year goes by and it's like, oh, maybe next year. <laughs> it's like uh
1: part about this space is how fast everyone's building. I mean, we're all doing the best we can, but it's all brand new, right? So it's to predict.
0: Yeah, and sometimes I think us as creators that are are leaning on these different platforms to uh, develop so that we can continue to develop it it gets um frustrating i probably is the best word but um but at the but at the end of the day i mean without them what else what else are we gonna do we're not gonna we're not gonna spin up our own metaverse platform i mean
1: yeah i'm a little pot committed (laughs) (laughs) to roll out the fruits of our uh, labor and investments you know.
0: right exactly exactly um oh man this has been a great conversation so far I think uh we could probably start wrapping wrapping her up for today and um I I I would love to have you back on in the future as more more things start to get developed but um to to wrap everything up I'll, I'll just kind of give you the stage one last time if you want to let people know where they can go to, to support you, find out more about what you're doing, stay up to date on what, what you have coming up, all that fun stuff. And then, uh, then we'll say goodbye.
1: Cool. I appreciate you having me here and, uh, just the chat. It's been really fun. Um, I always love good conversations. So this was a a good one. Um, but, uh, the, the best way to find me right now in terms of socials, uh, is LinkedIn. You can just look up Ramon Govea. Um, I'm on there. Uh, You'll probably see my uh, American Ape piece. Um, I'm on Twitter as well, again, at Ramon Govea and then um, the Myth Division um, Twitter is where you'll get the most updates on what we're doing and all of our games and our collections and all that kind of stuff. We do have a Discord but um, it's by invite only, but if you hit up the Myth Division account, um, I'm sure somebody there will be happy to send you uh, an invite um, if you want to jump into Discord and get the history of everything we've been up to for the last two years. There's quite a few people active in the community and uh, yeah, we're getting ready to roll out some cool stuff soon. The new website should hit um, before Thanksgiving. I'm, I'm thinking um, with the new UX UI, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be pretty cool.
0: So cool. Heck yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to checking that out and checking, checking out everything as, as it does roll out. Um, I'll make sure to get all those links. Uh, below in the description so everyone that's catching the replay can easily go navigate to all that stuff and and at least follow you over on Twitter and stay up to date on every, everything that's that's coming out because there is a lot of cool stuff that you guys are working on and it sounds like it's all it's all gonna start trickling out as as we get going here so um, but yeah hell yeah man this is this has been a blast and like I said I look forward to to having you on again because uh, it's always like you said good to just have some of these fun conversations about stuff that, that, that we're super interested in. And I know the the listeners are super interested in, and maybe we're not the majority of the world, but maybe eventually, um, it'll, it'll be that. So, um, thanks man for, for coming on and, uh, thank you everyone for tuning in and listening through this, uh, awesome behind the avatar episode. So peace y'all.